powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. This is Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports. Streaming through the Seattle Sports app. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. Here we go now. You know, Bump, I got to say, I think Mike McDonald nailed day one. He sure really did. did. You were uh, attending the press conference. I was uh, I was too afraid and comfortable and eating a salad. <laughs> uh, but you did go next door. We're live from Seahawks headquarters in case we sound a little funky. We're on site today. You went next door. You sat in the press conference. What were some of your thoughts about it before I get to this sound? Oh, man, it was um controlled environment. That's what you want. You want a head coach who controls the room, controls the environment, and doesn't seem or sound flustered when asked any question, even if he doesn't have the answer to that question, because that's going to happen at this point of the process when it comes to Mike McDonald. He just, he's not going to have all the answers right now. He has ideas. He has a vision of what he wants this program to look like and what he expects out of his players, but you don't really know what you got until you're in the trenches. So, mm-hmm. now the first thing that stood out to me was that uh, he was in complete control. He seemed comfortable, and uh, let's kill all of that introvert um, awkwardness right? that we kept hearing about, which makes completely no sense after listening to him speak in front of about 150 people and then going one-on-one with him here in the room. Now, I'm convinced that that introvert thing comes from him being – he seems naturally uh, – not quite reserved, but like very uh, professional, right. but still friendly. I thought he was candid with us. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a very important word to use because as a natural introvert myself, I have a really hard time being authentic. I have a really hard time being candid. And I thought he was very candid. So I think what it is, is he's just really smart, right. a little reserved, but also knows who he is, who he yep. wants to be, what he believes in. And that had to have stood out to John Schneider in these interviews and to Jody Allen in these interviews. Like when he sat down with us afterward and you were asking him, you know, who do you want to be defensively? Who do you want to be offensively? What matters to you? Every answer was like, this is thought out. He's thought about this. Yeah. You, um, <laughs> there's one thing that um, you have to be as a head coach and a coordinator is prepared and confident in who you are and what you want your team um, to be, whether it be offensively or defensively. Even if you're not quite sure about the pieces that you have, you go into a situation thinking, all right, ideally, this is what I hope. But I still have to go in there and make sure that um, I can execute this game plan. But it's um, it's about having the game plan. You can have a game plan and then adjust it as you go. Mm-hmm. But you can't go on th- go into this thing blindly and say, oh, I don't know, we'll figure out what happens. And if that's your approach, guess what, Stacey? You ain't a coach in the NFL. <laughs> so uh, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. All right, let's go over some of what we learned from this press, press conference. And not all of it was from Mike McDonald. How about this cut? Uh, this is a cut number 17 from John Schneider about that first meeting between these two teams. He's a disruptor. He's changed it. He's, he's. You look at their product. You look at their defense. You know. You look at, you know, the the, Ra- the Ravens organization. Um, you know, Ozzy and I, and now <laughs> Eric as well. We always used to, you know, joke with each other like you know, we have a spy in our draft room or something because they keep picking all the players we want to pick and vice versa. And Ozzy would send me a text or Eric would send me a text like, you know, like, dang it, you know, like dang, he took our guy or whatever and. We've always just joked about that. It's a great organization, and so when you're when you're when you're hiring somebody, I mean, you look at the background. That means a lot. So, you know, you're talking about a great organization, you talk, like the the Ravens and and uh, John Harbaugh, the Harbaughs, and you know Jim, and and then Michigan. I mean, fantastic. 
I switched up my cut. Sorry, Matt. Okay, let's go to cut number 16. This is Schneider talking about that meeting. You know, the product, really, you know, watching the film, uh, feeling, their, uh, feeling their defense that day, being there in that stadium, and then all the uh, relationships and thanks, Jen, because there's so many people that really opened their hearts and, and uh, they didn't have to. They didn't have to share all the information with me that they did. And so to all you people, you guys know who, everybody, tons of people in this league and, you know, uh, cheerleaders. We found out a lot of stuff. And so uh, we were doing our due diligence. Saying that, like, look, that, that film from that Baltimore defense, uh, that loss that Seattle suffered earlier this season, and then what he heard both from both sides, from people in Baltimore and also from people in Seattle, really informed this decision, that this is something that was really sticking with players. Yeah, this is um, – you got to do your research with a head coach, right? A guy that's going to take over your organization. And, uh, of course, you sit down and you conduct the interviews and – you make sure that you get a positive vibe and you believe in his messaging and, and, and his vision. But then you got to go and talk to people around him because that's big. It's how does he treat and how does he work with the people around mm -hmm. him, whether it be the janitor to his offensive coordinator to his linebacker coach, whatever, right? It's about – because some people are good at just putting up a front while you're sitting right there and saying all the right things. And on paper and schematically, they can be qualified. Right. But now it's about, OK, do I want the vibe of this person in this building? Because he sets the tone. Pete Carroll set the tone in this facility for 14 years. There's a reason why it's light when you walk into here. You, you don't feel like uh, you're walking on eggshells in here. Pete created that. And if you want to keep some of what Pete created here, you have to dive deep and figure out what type of interactions he has with people who don't benefit him, mm -hmm. who aren't on his coaching staff, and who support him. So, um, yeah, it's like I remember when I was getting recruited, um, uh, actually when I was uh, going to the NFL, uh, the, the Seahawks, the Falcons, the Browns, and New England, they came in and they talked to my coaches, but they talked to my strength coach. They talked to the soccer coach. We're in, a, in there at the same time as the soccer players. Um, they talked to janitors. They talked to anyone they could to get a real grasp on who you are outside of this football thing and just as a person. And you listen to Mike McDonald speak. Man, the first thing he said is, like, he's looking for people mm -hmm. of integrity, men and women of integrity to help support him. And uh, I think that's an awesome thing. Uh, we also heard him talk about his offensive philosophy. Let's go to cut number 18. Bump, we've seen a lot of questions from listeners since then about who he wants to be on offense. Take a listen. Yeah, the percentage of when you run the ball and how much and all that, like, that's that's all adjustable. To me, it, it's going to mirror our, our football team. We're going to be a physical football team. Um, we're going to have answers. We're going to try to be explosive and really do it and build it around the players that we have. We're going through the process right now. Who's going to be, you know, helping design that and ultimately call and plays. So um, to have a specific answer for you, what it's going to look like, I can't do that now. But that'll come into focus here uh, sooner than later. Now, Bump, I don't think that's him dodging. I don't think that's coach speak. Uh, no. I think that's him knowing who he wants to be. I want to be physical. Uh, and then knowing his... Um, principles as a coach that you know i want to listen to uh you know let the personnel dictate to me kind of what we're doing here mm -hmm. um but i think i saw a lot of people kind of complaining that they the one complaint uh was that they wanted more they wanted more information they wanted more insight into the kind of team he can be i don't think he can know yet no i i think that um 
he can tell you what type of personality he wants his team to be. And he has a blueprint on what he wants this defense to be. And he goes, I'm going to adjust the blueprint accordingly, right? Mm -hmm. how, big is, how big is my lot? You know, we're going to build a 4,000-square-foot home, and I want this bathroom to be this size, but then something happens along the way, and we have to adjust the bathroom. Or maybe the island in the middle of the kitchen ain't going to be as big. Or maybe you got to go cheaper counters just for right now before you can't afford it. That's essentially the approach that he's taking with the defense. When it comes to the offense, he's just waiting to see the guy that he hires and if the personnel fits. Now, he's going to hire a guy that he feels like can work with Geno, mm -hmm. that can um, use Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf at a high level, that can run the football, that uh, has looks at this tight end room and says, okay, I can work with that. And then they'll be able to say, all right, this is how we're going to attack it. And then they're not going to come out and say, all right, this is our game plan every single week. We're going to have to let that unfold in front of our very eyes, and then we'll get an idea of what they what they want to be. Because everybody has a plan, right? We come in mm -hmm. with, with, a, with a show sheet every day. How many times in the last two weeks have we had to say, you know what, scrap it, these next two segments. Too many we, times. We got to adjust, all right? That's, that's essentially <laughs> that's what Curtis he does. Knows. He's got a show sheet. He's going to have to adjust that thing, though. Yeah, too much, too much breaking news uh, lately. We've scrapped, like, hours of the show. Um, what he does know is that he wants to be calling plays. Cut number 19. Take a listen to his plans there. Yeah, right now right now the plan is I'll be calling the plays. Um, now, depending on who the defensive coordinator is and when uh, when that becomes – that ultimately I'm the head coach of the football team, so I want to coach the football team. And right now the best way that we can win is, in my opinion, is for me to call the plays. And then when it becomes obvious that – um, someone else is ready to go and we see it the same way, then, then we'll, make that, we'll make that change. Now, Bump, this tells me that him calling plays is obviously not a permanent thing, but if he's calling plays, what role would the, will the defensive coordinator have? All right. so we'll, we'll talk about this about an hour ago. It's mm -hmm. crazy how he just answered that question for mm -hmm. us, right? It's game planning. It's, okay, let's, uh, let's divide and conquer when it comes to looking at this team and what they like to do. Maybe he tells his defensive coordinator, okay, you look at, you look at the, uh, the box. You take care of the box. I'll look at the outside, and let's come together in an hour or so and see what we got. And then let's flip, and then I'll look at the box. You look at, at the outside, and let's, uh, let's uh, grade each other's work or come together. It's pretty much collaborative when it comes to how are we going to attack this team. I envisioned it during the game. It's like, all right. He has to be on the field because he is the head coach, right? He has to have someone that he can rely on up in the booth to give him accurate information and to relay some of the things and tendencies that they were looking for and to confirm a lot of the things that they thought were going to happen. You get that information from your guy up top, it allows you to call the plays. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, them working together and him having, having the ultimate say on what defenses he wants to run in certain situations. Speaking of which defenses he wants to run, uh, in cut number 24, uh, McDonald kind of overall talks about the way defenses have changed, what stands out to him, the way they've evolved. Take a listen. Is it just a constant evolution of uh kind of the the basics the fundamentals that that rex ryan and jim johnson has have done um you know 20 25 years ago and then all the great coordinators that we've had in baltimore that we've been able to evolve the scheme and uh, ultimately you know the coaches that we had last year uh, we decided you know we took it a certain direction given the players we had so i'd say it's adaptable uh but we were always going to be aggressive on how we want to do it you know people ask about our blitz rates and all that, that that's just not important to me it's about putting yourselves in positions to win the down, affecting the quarterback, putting your guys in position to have success. Now, first of all, 
as you noted, Curtis, 25 years ago for Mike McDonald, he was 10. Yeah, he was <laughs> just a child drawing up uh, defensive plays. <laughs> drawing and... up some X's and O's. Um, <laughs> but uh, what did you like about what he had to say about how he sees defense? Um, yeah, it's adaptable. It should be. The personnel he had allowed him to be aggressive when he wanted to. Mm-hmm. He talked about his blitz percentages. There are games where he blitz 47% of the time. There are games where he blitz 10% of the time. Now, why do we see the variation when it comes to these numbers? It's because he's adapting to what his players are able to do or capable of doing against a certain offense. Maybe you don't need a blitz that many times to get pressure on a quarterback. Your your front three or front four are getting after him. You're able to drop more guys back there. Maybe you're playing against a... A, uh, a a rookie or a, a, a quarterback that's not a veteran and you can confuse them a bit more with your pressures and, and with your looks. All I hear is a guy who understands that adjustments must be made. And sometimes that adjustment cannot wait until halftime. It has to happen in the first quarter mm-hmm. and the second quarter. So that I, that's all I hear, man, is that, look, man, I, I got my base. I, I know what we're going to come out in, but then I'm also going to reserve the right to adjust as we go along. Can I say like elephant in the room type question? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to bit either of us in like a weird spot because both of us really enjoyed covering Pete Carroll. I mean, mm-hmm. he had his flaws and I think Pete would, would tell you that. Um, but like as a person, both enjoyed covering him. Um, I think it's natural to think how he compares. Like as you're sitting there and right. you're in this press conference and you're watching Mike McDonald, I was doing it. I was naturally thinking to myself of kind of comparing and contrasting the two men. What mm-hmm. did you think? Um, like how are they different? How are they the I same? Would, I would say um, they're the same in the sense that when speaking to that um, to the crowd or the media that was in there, they were present. Mm-hmm. They were locked in. Um, they were interested and they were engaging and had genuine answers to your questions. Um, how are they different? Just initially, Pete is a bit more animated. His 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 body language, his demeanor. Pete moves around a bit more. You know, he throws a joke or two, in, excuse me, in there a couple more times. Whereas, you know, you still got to give Mike McDonald chance to 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 dig his his toes in the sand and, mm-hmm. and get comfy. You know, he's still filling this media out. The media in Seattle might be completely different than in Baltimore. He's learning. You know, who's Who's going to be the first question thrown to? And I love that Jen Mueller got the first question. Uh-huh. Off top, it's like, you yep, go, that's, <laughs> that's who you're going to go to first, right? So as he's sitting there, he's collecting all of this data. So I feel like his approach has to be a bit more reserved than Pete Carroll, but I naturally think that that's who he is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's way too early to, um, to get the Venn diagram. And, uh, and and look at the, the similarities and differences and 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 have a really accurate um, uh, answer to that question. Yeah. All I got is what I saw in and that that's, auditorium. And, that's fair. and so far, so good. That's I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like nothing bad, nothing mm-hmm. too big, but like uh, that the, they both clearly want to win and have a hunger. And like him referencing stuff from 25 years ago, it's like when Pete Carroll would talk uh, about really, you know, looking up to Bud Grant or like me, you know, any mm-hmm. like both love football and football yeah. history, and like it's so clear uh, with both men. And um, and meanwhile, uh, the, just the personalities are different. And the approach, I mean, both defensive guys, it's, it's this really fascinating comparison contrast right. where neither loses. It's just two different people. Yeah. Um, 
but you're right. I was thinking a lot of the same things. I also, what stood out to me in, when he was in with us, when he said like a little throwaway line, he was like, yeah, you know, it's interesting walking around, trying not to be monotone. I've heard that, you know, I've, I've tried to work on that. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear him kind of self-critique because yeah. I'm sure he's been told before, like, yeah, you can come off kind of, mm -hmm. you know, kind of monotone, pretty subdued. And so for someone to be like, okay, I'm going to avert my natural state. So just be a aware little bit. of it. Yeah. You know, and, and be aware of it and tweak it if if you feel it's necessary but do it in a way that still makes you True authentically you. yourself yeah all right let's get to four down territory this, this is four down territory going inside the game with former seahawks and coog wide receiver michael bumpus first down who are guys on defense who need to be anchors for mike mcdonald all right i've been saying this for uh, a couple weeks now Maybe a week. Feels like a couple weeks, Stacey. It's two days. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Jordan Brooks, he needs to be here. Um, and I think that um, I would assume that Mike McDonald looks at that film and says, I can see him being a Patrick Queen. I can see him being a Rokon Smith. Let's keep this guy here. Also, I look at the interior lineman and I go, Leonard Williams has to be on this football team, especially if you're not going to get anybody in the second round because obviously you gave up that to roll the dice on Leonard Williams in hopes that he's going to stay here. I will love to think that the presence of Mike McDonald being a defensive guy and the way that he was able to get the Ravens defense to execute entices Leonard Williams to hang around for a little bit. And then I look at Julian Love. I like the way Julian Love was used last year and there are some things that Mike McDonald liked to do with the Ravens that I can see Julian Love doing as well. A lot of versatility in the safety play. So I'm sure there are other guys as well. Obviously you need your corners, you need Spoon, you need Reek. But I look at just schematically where there's more movement and more responsibility. It's that second level. Obviously, it's going to be the guys, the big guys, and then the safety's been used in multiple ways. So those three to start, obviously the guys on the contract are going to be around too. Mm -hmm. Second down. What do you love about McDonald and the activity his teams have had on the second and third levels? So exactly, just talked about a little bit why I like Jordan Brooks. I need Julian Love here as well. It's because he does a great job with that second level with the linebackers, walking them down into the A and the B gaps and showing that pressure and playing mind games with the offensive line and the quarterback. There's movement there, right? You show the blitz down the A, you run a stunt, you're going around in the C gap. Then from the second level, you're blitzing from depth too. And that's what I think Jordan Brooks can do because he's quick and he's fast enough to do it. But that linebacker and that safety are on a string, right? If that backer blitzes, please believe that safety's gonna boom. He's rolling down there, now he has the hook. All also what they'll do is they'll start in too high, they'll move that safety down, and instead of the safety playing the flat, they'll bump the outside backer down and say, all right, now you got caught a flat. It's just little things like that, those movements, which keep the offense guessing. So, man, I love it. I've seen three safeties on the football field at one time, uh, but we've seen cover zero, then they, they magically get into a one high look. There's just so much going on, a little bit pre-snap, and more while the snap or the play is going on, that forces the QB to be absolutely sure in what he's seeing. So movement at the second and third levels are beautiful. But we'll see if he thinks he has the guys to be as creative as he was last year with the Ravens. Third down. What position do you see being a mid to late round pick for the Seahawks and why? You know what? I, I'm looking at the safety. If you don't bring back Jamal, if you don't bring back Jamal, I think you got to go ahead and get yourself another safety. Um, again, I love Kobe Bryant. I think he should get some opportunity as well, but just the way that he uses it. Now, I say late because I feel like you have to address the linebacker spot earlier than that, and I hope they do. I'm assuming that they will. 
after that, you have enough guys in the secondary mm -hmm. to roll out the four or five guys that you have right now and to be able to get into those three safety looks and do all the things that you want, right? But I look at Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton, I look at Marcus Williams over there and just how dynamic and explosive they are. If they find a guy out there that they like, you got to go out and get them because um, they're going to be key to all this movement and perception and, and all that good stuff. So I see the safety spot being a possible position that they draft later, but I would love for them to one lockdown Leonard Williams and go get yourself the dynamic linebacker that you need to continue to do some of the stunts and play some of the games that you did with the Ravens. I was so anticipating that you would go with interior offensive linemen because people are constantly calling for it, not because you've been about it, but because people, like when we've talked about pick 16, which which right. you and I will discuss at length right. over the next two and a half months. People always say, oh, up front, what about up front? That's where the 49ers have gotten ahead of yeah. us. And and uh, I'm, I'm surprised to see, but but enjoyed hearing safety, because yeah. you're right. No, I, and, I, and I think they'll address that too. Yeah. But I also think they've done a good job addressing that every year. Uh, a couple years ago, you get two rookie tackles. And last year, you get a guard and you get a, a center. You still got to sign Damian Lewis if you're going to go there. It will be addressed. I don't think they're going to go this whole draft without addressing that mm -hmm. offensive line. Mm -hmm. But I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm Mike McDonald. I'm rubbing my hands together and saying, okay, what do I need to make this defense as explosive as possible? I think you'll see somebody drafted in the secondary. Fourth down. If you guys missed it, at 1045, which will be in the latter half of hour one of the Bump and Stacy podcast, Bump has an X's and O's breakdown of Baltimore's defense. Outside of scheme, what constantly shows up on film when watching the Ravens' defense? The communication is great with that defense. Um, the communication is so great to a point where I see guys take their mouthpieces out and scream to be as clear as possible about the adjustments that they are going to make and what the offense is lined up in. When as, an, uh, as a, a guy on the offense, when I see a defense that's shifting, communicating, and on point, I go, it's going to be a long day because these guys are in a zone. I've played on and against defenses that just went out there and played. No communication, no passion. Uh, no one's really holding each other accountable. So I love to see that, man. When I put on the film with the Ravens, there's constant communication. There's pointing. You guys got to be on the same page. And that's something that he preaches. If you go out and you uh, do your research on Mike McDonald, you pull up some of the YouTubes of him being mic'd up or talking about um, his defense, communication is going to be clear. He's going to be a clear communicator. And he expects his defense to be clear communicators as well. Um, I love seeing that show up on film. I I don't mean to drag you in this moment, okay. but you want to know the most boomer thing you said today? What'd I say? Pull up some of his YouTubes. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I no. sure did. <sighs> On the YouTube. No! On the YouTube. Pull up those YouTubes. DVR them and go look at them later. Hey, Twitter. You, you, probably, you probably just blacked out after that and it goes, oh, I can't <laughs> I wait to roast this really, dude. <laughs> I didn't hear anything you said. I just froze and I just stared oh, straight ahead. Oh, my god! You're listening to Bump and Stacy on Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Hype train coming your way next. Don't go anywhere. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle Sports. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Rost. What I Need to Know is coming your way in 15 minutes, but you can get your questions in right now to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. Any questions, send it our way right now. First, though, let's head to the station for Hype Train. I've got three NFL hype trains, one baseball hype train. Uh, I'm going to go baseball first here. Uh, 
the Mariners did end up making some moves here. We didn't mind them at all. A couple trades. The Mariners will make another, though. That's your first hype train. Yeah, they got to make another. They have to make another, man. Uh, keep making moves, man. If you don't make moves, then you lose. That's what my grandpa always said. <laughs> didn't really, but I felt like he was saying that. You're making up quotes that your How grandpa you? might say? So hey. you're, put, you're putting lies in his mouth hey, right hey, now. Hey, hey, my papa recipe You're lying on him. was always, always there for, for a good saying. He'd be like, hey, 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 what it be like? What it is? What it do? I'd be like, all right, if you, if you, if you don't make moves, you lose. Big ups, grandpa. Yeah. I love you, man. Curtis, the Mariners <laughs> will make another trade, Bump says yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said, if you don't make moves, you lose. If you don't make moves, you lose. You so go. he's boarding the hype train. Are you? Well, my grandpa, dearly departed, uh, he used to always say, I think the Mariners could use some more outfield help. So <laughs> I think that, uh, yes, they, they need to make another trade. They will make another trade. Uh, my grandpa never said that. I, I can't imagine <laughs> him saying that. Uh, but yeah, they will make another trade. Let, I want to see him sign Cody Bellinger. Let's get real crazy. Yeah. Make a trade and a signing. Uh, I don't think either will happen, but I, I want both to happen. So yeah, I'll board. There was a period of time where Curtis and I thought it would be a funny segment to to have like a what are our dads saying segment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where we would like ask them a question about what's happening in the world of sports and then they'd give their take. And the problem that I ran into was with my stepdad. He is just notoriously uh, not gives like one word answers. He, he uh, gives one word. He's very old. Fat. Like if you, if anyone watched that '70s show, he's just red. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's uh, what is it? Ron from from Parks and Rec, like he, oh, or yeah, whatever. Ron he's just not. To. Yeah, he's just doesn't say a lot. So very gruff. He always just used uh. to anything about the Mariners. Open up the pocketbook. <laughs> That's all he said. So uh, so I don't. I think I'm gonna go with boarding the trade, thinking they make a trade uh, because I, I agree with uh, with with my dad. They're not gonna open up that pocketbook. <laughs> Next one into the station. A popular name floating around for the Seahawks, given Mike McDonald as new Seahawks head coach, is, of course, Patrick Queen. Ravens linebacker drafted in the same class as Jordan Brooks. He now becomes an unrestricted free agent. Might he be a fit in Seattle? I don't know, but he's going to be a Seahawk in 2024. Oh, man, here's the thing is that I'm sure Patrick Queen is looking at the situation in Baltimore and saying, look, we can legitimately be back in the AFC uh, championship game next year if we do the things that we are supposed to do. But I wonder if he looks at um, Zach or the same way he looks at Mike McDonald. We would assume that the new defensive coordinator over there, Zach Orr, is going to do some of the same things. Mm -hmm. um, but the West Coast is a cool little spot, Patrick. So you know what I do? I put good vibes out there. I'm going to say he is going to be a CL next year. I'm on that oh, thing. Oh, wow. That's going to mean yeah, it's, some It's going to mean a lot. Moves. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. you're looking uh, at about an 18 million potential hope. cap hit. Um, Patrick Queen will be a Seahawk in 2024. Bumps boarding, Curtis, are you? There's going to be room in that linebacking group uh, for sure. I think I, I have a hard time seeing Bobby Wagner return, even though, I mean, he's he's a Seahawk legend. Jordan Brooks, I think, comes back, which kind of leaves room for Patrick Queen. I would love to see it happen. Love to see it happen. But I don't think it will. So I will let this one go on by. I think Baltimore knows his importance to their defense. They're going to make him a very highly paid linebacker. Uh, so I will let this one go on by. I'm also letting this one go by. I would love to see Patrick Queen here. I am so on board 
with Bump's take that uh, Mike McDonald defense is going to need some really solid linebackers. And right now, I don't know if you guys know this, no inside linebackers on the roster whatsoever. <laughs> so you got to find a way to get that done. You say that like it's a problem. <laughs> my guess is, uh, my guess, yeah, make the whole team out of safeties. Right. Uh, <laughs> my guess is they retain Jordan Brooks and, and maybe take someone, you know, uh, as early as they can. Maybe it's not 16 because yeah. they don't have a second rounder, but they trade back and, and try to take someone there. I don't know. They definitely need to add. I just, unless they move on from one of Jamal, Quandre, Tyler Lockett, someone, they have so much money uh, in in those the two wide receivers, two top safeties, and Geno that, that they'll need to move something around somehow. Uh, next type train into the station. I already spoiled it a bit. I mentioned that I thought Jordan Brooks would be a Seahawk in 2024, so that's not part of the hype train. Assume that he is. Jordan Brooks will be a pro bowler in 2024. Man, has he been a pro bowler yet? I think an alternate. An alternate. Yeah, not, huh? a, uh, not a voting. You know, you know what? It's his time. My man is a veteran in this league. This is going to be his defense because they're going to sign this dude. He's going to be a pro bowler, and him and Patrick Queen are going to be the best linebacker duo in the game and best friends i would love <laughs> most that. importantly right i best would love friends. it if they were best friends <laughs> curtis bump is boarding this train jordan brooks will not only be a seahawk in 2024 but also a pro bowler are you boarding uh boarding on both yeah i think he will be a seahawk in 2024 and uh, i would expect big things from him playing in this defensive scheme that seems to really benefit linebacking play and uh, i think brooks is uh, one of the good ones in the nfl so I think that would be a nice little capper to his 2024 season, seeing him get his first Pro Bowl nod here in Seattle. Yeah, I'm also boarding this one. And I think for this defense to be what Mike McDonald is obviously going to want it to be, he's going to have to be a Pro Bowler. All right, next hype train. The Super Bowl is still two weeks away. Maybe, I, maybe I'm jumping the gun on this one just a little bit, but I don't care. Travis Kelsey... We'll propose to Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wouldn't you Swifties love that? The NFL would love oh, that. Oh, they would love that. But let me let me just tell nope. Travis. Like, I have no, my actually, take. let me tell Taylor Swift, don't do it. You don't know him like that. It's too early. You got way too much money just to be going. They're in well, love. They've been dating for like six months. Exactly. Well, yeah, way too quick. Way too quick. You got to chill on that. I mean, they're in their 30s. Like, chill maybe they're just ready to kind of settle you know down. What? Says the person who asked his wife to marry him after five months. See? Wow. But I knew Man. her. I knew her for a couple years before that. From following her and hoping she would date nah, you. I mean, we, you know, we were, we, had, we were the same circle of friends. You know what I'm saying? You were obsessed with Jen. <laughs> so you are not so, boarding. Nah, nah, I ain't boarding that bad. Yeah, what a hater. Uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey will propose to Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl. Bump is not boarding. Curtis, are you? Well, look, love is love, and love will make you do some crazy things, but right? public proposals, it's always a little cringy, right? Like, you're, you're always kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm happy for them, but it's like, uh, I, I don't think that is Travis Kelsey or Taylor Swift's kind of game is to do a public proposal at the Super Bowl. Uh, those two have seemed to kind of like the mystery surrounding the relationship because mm -hmm. in the early days of the relationship it was like, are they dating or aren't they? Are they just friends? And then you see them holding hands and you see them, you know, trading kisses, what have you. I think they just like to toy with us. I don't think that they will do a public proposal because that just 
it doesn't seem like it's their kind of speed. So I will let this train go on by. Uh, as much as I would love to board this train, I also unfortunately have to let it go by because I agree with you guys. I think that they don't love that they get this constant attention. I mean, you both like it as a celebrity because it's good for you, but like, I don't think Taylor Swift loves that she's on camera all the time at the game. Like she doesn't need it, just like she doesn't need money, just like she doesn't need him for attention or to boost her career or whatever. Like, I, I, I don't know that she'd love the added spotlight and attention. Would I want to see it as a consumer of horrible dramas, as a consumer of horrible reality <laughs> television? You bet I want to see it, absolutely. But we don't always get can what I, we want. Can I say one more thing? Mm -hmm. Curtis says he doesn't like our public, uh, what do you call those? Proposals? Uh, proposals yeah, yeah. are cringe. Curtis, didn't you propose publicly? Uh, it was it was a little off to the, it was off the beaten path. It wasn't in front <laughs> of everybody. very no. good point, though. You were quite literally in public. Yeah, did, but there wasn't a lot of people around. Did anyone see? Uh, a couple people did walking by, but nobody, like, stopped to take pictures or anything. Like, I didn't set up a camera crew or anything to say, all right, guys, start filming. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like that. Uh, I just saw a video that someone had on uh, on Twitter. I don't know if it was staged or not. I can never tell with videos anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were like, this is the last time I'm asked to film a friend's proposal. And they're filming their friend propose to their other friend. And then a raccoon starts walking uh, behind a fence and they turn the camera and they start zooming in on it. <laughs> 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 then they, they go back to the couple and it's already done. All right, you guys, get your questions in for what I need to know to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. Again, send your questions, any question. It's what I need to know coming your way next. Bump and Stacy, Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios. On Seattle's Sports Station. Here are your hosts, Michael Bumpus and Stacy Ross. It's what I need to know, brought to you by All Red Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Get your questions in. Any question to the Mac and Jack's text line, 866-979-3776. First question in, well, I'm officially older than a head coach in the NFL, and I don't care for it. Can anyone relate, and how do we feel about it? I can relate. I'm older than uh, the young lad. And uh, no, I don't care. You know football, you know football. You reach a certain age, either you got it or you don't. And the NFL is showing that um, some of these young dudes got it. Yeah. And uh, I'm all for it, man. Young, old, big or small, it don't matter. If you can coach ball, you're going to get the call. Bam! I am not. Uh, I am not older than uh, Mike McDonald, but it doesn't matter uh, because he is a young head coach, and uh, I've been to uh, a bar in uh, in Ballard slash in Seattle in the last like week, and everyone there looks 21. I'm already used to feeling old, <laughs> so it's not. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't affect me. I honestly, once Sean McVay was hired, who's also older than me, but once he was hired, I was like, I can never feel older than I do right now in this moment. Like this. You know what I mean? Like it, it, hiring a 30 year old is different. Something about that just just hits different. Yeah, it does hit different. Uh, what I need to know if the future texted in. I would also like to say that this listener spelled future with a capital F. So I like it as if future texted. If the future texted in and said Mike McDonald will be head coach for the same number of years as Pete Carroll. How many Lombardi trophies do you think the Seahawks would have won during that time? Two. <sighs> At least two of them things. Pete had an opportunity to do it, just uh, didn't influence the right play on the on the, the certain yard line we don't want to talk about, but um, 
I think uh, I think too. Yeah, I think you're not coach for 14 years if you don't win one. Yeah. That's just not going to uh-huh. happen. Uh, what I need to know, when do you break out the barbecue? Are we too early in the year? The Bobby. The Bobby? Uh, whenever it hits 65 degrees. It could be tomorrow. If it's 65 degrees out. Oh, so you go temperature-wise. Yeah, we on the Bobby. Okay, yeah. I don't know how to barbecue, so I can't relate. But that <laughs> sounds right to me. Um, what I need to know, what's your guys' ideal vacation? Are you a veg out on the beach with your toes in the sand or an adventure seeker? Get my 10,000 steps in. I'm a play golf as many times as you can in great weather. Relaxing vacationer. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. you got to you gotta relax on vacation. Yeah. Uh, what I need to know, do you think that Mike McDonald will hire an experienced defensive coordinator or someone that can learn from our head coach? I think he will hire somebody who has similar thoughts when it comes to um, your defensive front, your coverages, and how to teach. So I don't think it's uh, it goes with experience or not. He mentioned in his presser that he's just going to look for a guy that has the right morals and values and is the right fit. So I would assume that it starts with personality and then it starts with, okay, what are your beliefs when it comes to a defense? Are they close enough to where we can work with each other? Ooh, here's a fun one. What I need to know, we can all answer this one. Who has a who will have a bigger impact in their first season as head coach? McDonald or DQ? Man, bigger impact. Well, I think over here there's more to work with. So you're closer to the playoffs than I think the Washington Commanders are. Um, but I still think that, oh, man, bigger impact. I'm going to go Dan Quinn because I, I think to. that, you know, you're working with less. Expectations are low. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Dan they're Quinn. Start, yeah, I, they're starting from further behind. Exactly. And and they have more draft capital overall, so the potential for more impact. Like, I'm not saying that you can't have plenty of impact from a player who's chosen in the fifth round. We've all seen it happen before. But I am saying that when you go get your franchise quarterback at pick number two overall, you have the chance to do what Houston did this year with C.J. Stroud. Um, What I need to know, uh, (laughs) this one says we were talking about, you know, being an introvert at a press conference. What I need to know, how would you fare if you were ever the focus of a press conference? I'd kill it. I'd kill it. Simple. I think that I would leave the podium thinking I'd crushed it only to realize that I didn't crush it. Nah. Like, that's how I feel. I'm not afraid of speaking in front of people, obviously. I do ruminate afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I do that thing of leaving going, should I have said that? Oh, my God, that was so stupid. Yeah, I think that's what. Crack that a few right. jokes here or there. Light right. mood of the room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I need to know. Um, what about Mike Vrabel is DC? <clears throat> the only thing about Vrabel is that I feel like he'd be gone the next year as soon as um, a head coach job opened up. You you want to at least hold your guys for a couple of years. Um, you, you saw, obviously, Mike McDonald two years with the Ravens. He's gone. You got Ben Johnson had an opportunity to leave after two years. Slowick one year. I think that with a um, – well, Slowick went back but had an opportunity after one year. I think with Vrabel, it's like, all right, man, you got me, you got me for eight months. And then after this, I'm probably going to be a head coach somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I need to know – um, was Mike McDonald more of a Malcolm in the Middle guy or Boy Meets World guy? I couldn't mm. tell you. I mean, he's Malcolm in the Middle. You think? Boy Meets World. That's a little older, isn't it? <clears throat> I remember watching Boy Meets World. Yeah. I think it was a little bit before Malcolm in the Middle, though. Yeah. I think though he's. he's McDonald's definitely old enough to have old seen old enough both. to have seen. Yeah, both. Yeah. He strikes <clears throat> me as a. 
you know, like he was watching PBS nature documentaries. <laughs> Planet Earth. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, like, you know what I think Mike McDonald was doing? Reading. <laughs> I'm just going to. Uh, well, gonna... he told us he, when he was 10 years old, he was looking up defensive concepts. Apparently. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. not what I would do when I was 10 years old. Um, oh, theme today has been about first impressions. What I need to know, what were your first impressions amongst you guys? Hmm. <clears throat> um, Stacy, my first impression of her was that um, she is very matter of fact when it comes to stuff she believes in. Curtis, <laughs> I, was, I just danced around that so tough. I don't know what to say. Uh, Curtis, I felt that um, he was just like a data guy. That's what I felt like. Data, data, data. It's because of wearing glasses. Has all the Curtis data. is a nerd. Yeah. The data, yeah. That's what I. That's what I got. I didn't think either liked me because whenever I meet anyone, I assume they. Yeah, I was gonna say me. that's kind of your like first thing with everybody is like it's not even a shtick i will just well, assume. yeah and you'll ask bump and i do you think that person didn't like me yeah why would you ever think that yeah about that yep. interaction that's exactly <laughs> what it is it's just uh I'm so sorry curtis you got to say about me and bump uh first ever interaction what i thought of you guys uh i thought bump was uh all about ball like <laughs> i thought <laughs> all that you could ever talk to him about was football. But then getting to know him, it's like, oh man, he's so multifaceted. Stacy, I thought that you were. Let's see here. Now, this was <laughs> like six, seven years ago. Now. So bad. <laughs> My first impression of you was she is going to get down to business here. Like, there's. You cannot mess around with her. Little did I know that I've never probably worked with anybody that will joke around more than Stacy does. So yeah, you've, yeah, I didn't think you've you proven were, me wrong. I didn't think you were as much of a joker as yeah. You I were. thought you were very no nonsense, but then you have nonsense to you. How do you think you come <laughs> off to other people? I don't know. I think people think I'm a lot more serious than I really am. Same. I was yeah, gonna I say. Think so. I think people think I'm serious and also kind of like. Uh, they're not wrong, but basic. <laughs> uh, someone said Stacy deeply regrets reading that one. She's going to be ruminating so badly tonight. <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys, that will do it for us today. We, we've enjoyed learning a ton about Mike McDonald, interviewing him. If you missed any of it, uh, the video is up on YouTube on the Seattle Sports Radio YouTube page. Make sure you go check that out. For Michael Bumpus, Matt Nelson, Curtis Rogers, I'm Stacey Ross. Don't go anywhere. Wyman and Bob coming up next.